Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. What a great opportunity we have every day to live for God. Think of the privilege of being able to talk to God. Just the idea that uh, frail human flesh can speak to God, can use the word Father, and uh, join in uh, the ministry of the gospel, the greatest work the world has ever known, and, and that we can join hand in hand with other believers and in, in doing the work that Jesus started. Uh, don't, uh, don't lose the wonder of this Christian life we have here. Um, today, I want to take a moment or two and uh, hit kind of a, a family pet peeve, you might say, as this, added, this um, thing of drama. We are in a culture that loves to make everything a drama. It's a big thing. Um, I, I remember as a kid, my grandma would watch uh, soap operas. And during spring break, my parents both worked. And a lot of times I'd spend um, a spring break week over at my grandma's and think, oh, man, I could watch one week of soap operas with her and the next year come back and I wouldn't miss a thing. And uh, it's just a mess. And, but we like drama. And we like uh, we like to make things big, and um, you know the the idea of get over it or knock it off or the world isn't coming to an end. Those kind of attitudes are politically and socially inappropriate. And I was thinking about with uh, um, oh the other day here in Southern California, we don't get storms like much of the country does, and we get a little rain. It's the it's the winter storm watch, the storm desk at the. And we've got a you know a quarter inch of rain or a half inch of rain or whatever. Well, this winter we've had some pretty good rain and snow. Of course, the news loves making that big, but um, I and I don't watch much news because they're I, they're just liars, they're they're chronic liars. But uh, was had the news on for something? Maybe it was uh, maybe it was looking for something intelligent like a ball game. But um, the news had a, a picture of a tree that had fallen. And that was it. They they were just talking on and on and on. Well, that that picture that tree made the picture on the TV because it was the only thing that fell down. They didn't. It's not like the South where there's they show a picture of a block or a, a half a mile, everything torn up. They had one tree down here, and I just think, oh, you drama freaks! People they want to make everything out to be a horrific and terrible, and and of course we've egged that on with our children. And our whole society through social media, everything's got to be big and everything's got to be about me. And, and uh, let me tell you how hard I've had it. And let me make a big deal about the, the thing that happened to me and, and uh, the, the, whatever it is from, from business to family, whatever it might be. Uh, I've got this broken toe and, and, and somebody over in Timbuktu is, is uh, following you to check out how your toe is. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be compassionate toward people. I think we should. That's probably one of the easier things for me to do. But I don't think we should like it. I don't think we should want it. Uh, we shouldn't want sympathy. We should want to pick up the pieces and go on and do our business. But, um, you know, scripturally, you sit and think about this. Um, I'm, I'm just looking here in um, Acts chapter 23. Paul had been arrested, and uh, it said that the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him in the mouth. And Paul said to him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law. And so the, the laws forbid that they could 
have a Roman prisoner hit like that just during an examination or questioning, and um, yet he was the one who's supposed to be the good guy. And uh, But the reality here was um, the man, uh, the other, one of the guards said uh, in verse 4 of Acts 23, they said, Revilest thou God's high priest? And Paul said, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it's written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So Paul backpedaled on what was his legal right because he didn't want to violate Scripture. And he ended up splitting the crowd with his uh, wise choice of words anyway. But um, but Paul just stepped back. He didn't make a big deal about it. All right, this guy did something to me that was, was uh, not legal in the way he punished me. But I'm going to figure God can sort this thing out, and I'm not going to get on him and scold him because he's the high priest, and I'm not supposed to do it even though he's breaking the, the, the civil laws with his behavior and his interrogation. Uh, the point being, Paul never made a bunch of drama out of things. Think about when he was shipwrecked, and he, they're gathering wood to make a fire, and, and a viper comes out of the wood, the sticks, and grabs a hold of Paul's hand, and, and uh, he just shook it off. Went on about his business. Well, the natives said, oh, he, he, he got out of the storm, but he's going to die. God's not going to let him get away, and he's going to die from the serpent. Well, he, after a while, he didn't fall down and die. They said, oh, he must be a god. Well, Paul didn't make a, make a big deal about that serpent at all. He didn't make a big deal that he was bitten, and then he didn't make a big deal that it didn't kill him. Let's just go on and do what needs to get done in life and quit making life a drama. Uh, just go through the scriptures and think. You could think of dozens of stories, I'm sure. Get out of panic mode and quit uh, making uh, a mountain out of a molehill. And uh, and even if it is a mountain, does it need to be cast across the whole culture and across all the world? Um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. Well, that was the biggest wrong done in, the, in humanity. That one decision to eat the forbidden fruit cost every human being their soul. Um, dead, we are, we're born dead in trespasses and sin. Here we are thousands of years later. People are still born dead in trespass and sin because of Adam and Eve. Well, that was pretty serious sin. God clothes him in a, in a robe, kills an animal, bloodshed, and all these symbolic things, takes him to the garden, says, you got to leave. And they're kicked out of the garden. They've cursed mankind. And then God just picks it up and says, all right, now, by the way, um, you know, have kids, have a family, uh, build, a, build a, a world, um, populate the world. He said, let's go on and do, do what we need to do. Yes, there was a tragedy. And you know what? When the tragedy's over, now let's go, let's, let's do our business. Let's do what needs to be done next. And um, I, I think of Moses. Here he led Israel across the, out of Egypt then across the Red Sea, got the commandments of Mount Sinai. He leads them to Kadesh Barnea, around the wilderness for 40 years, comes up on the east side of Jericho along the Jordan River, and, and that's where God takes him to heaven. And, um, and he dies, and the people of Israel mourn for a while. And you look at Joshua chapter 1, and God comes to Joshua and says, Hey, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, go take the land. Okay, you know, you've mourned long enough. Stop it. Get to work. You've got things to do. And he didn't stop them from mourning, but it was a, a period of time. There was these 30 days. All right, you've taken a few weeks. You've grieved over this man who delivered you. Now stop it. You've got things to do. There's life to live. There's, there's families to be cared for. There's homes to be established. There's, there's a nation to be set uh, on its feet and uh, get to work. 
And God didn't make a big deal about Moses' death. He died. His body was, no one saw where it was buried. Um, you know, Michael and Satan argued over the, over, they didn't argue. They, Satan was contending with Michael over the body of, uh, of, Mo, of uh, the body of Moses. And, and he said, the Lord rebuked, uh, Michael said, the Lord rebuked you. And, and it was just a done deal. It was, you know, Israel just needed to go on about their business. Um, when, when Jesus died three days later, raised from the dead, and um, nobody made a memorial out of the tomb. It's just where he spent three days. He's gone. It's not a big deal. Well, now, you know, I, uh, my wife and I were, someone paid our way over. We were able to see Israel, and um, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane, and there is a tomb there. They say, they tell people this is possibly the one. Of course, who knows? It could be the one Jesus was in. But, but the reason we don't know where Jesus was buried is because nobody made a big deal about it. He was there three days. He rose from the dead. We're making a big deal about a risen Savior, not one who, who was in a tomb. And, and, but, but men love drama and they love to make everything spectacular. Well, anyway, uh, for 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus walks the disciples, teaches them, running around, doing whatever. And, um, and then they're um, across from uh, Jerusalem there on the Mount of Olives. And while he's talking, he just starts to ascend up into heaven. And the disciples are standing there and the angels say, why stand you here gazing? Get to work, go tell the world Jesus saves. And don't make a big deal about the fact you just saw somebody float slowly or quickly, however it happened, up into heaven. Get to work. Quit making a big deal out of this. And God God doesn't spend a lot of time on drama. If something needs fixed, he fixes it. If someone needs punished, he punishes them. If someone, you know, in the case of Moses, he did wrong with the smiting the rock the second time, so he didn't get to go in the land of Canaan. Moses begins to talk to God. Is there any way? And could I please? And God said, don't talk about it anymore. It's done. It was settled. We're not, dis- we're not debating it. We're not discussing it. We've got things to do. Now stop it. You're not going to the promised land. And um, we are in this world of drama. I remember when, when um, my, uh, my son, Josh, he's our oldest. He was, I don't know how old he was. I, sh- I couldn't even begin to say, but little, but he was in the backyard doing what we had a pool at the time. And a little, I mean, he was probably eight, uh, just guessing. Could have been 10. But uh, whatever, he needed some water, and he happened to have a glass, like a canning jar. And he did what he shouldn't have done. You don't take glass things around the pool. But he, it looked easier to him to get water out of the pool than from go turn the hose on or whatever. And so he just scooped some water down into the, out of the pool, but happened by the step or maybe, by the, maybe he hit the side. But whatever, whatever he hit, the side of the pool, the step, um, he broke the glass. Well, in the process, he he sliced the fatty part of his thumb open and down kind of on the heel where it meets the hand. And it was a deep gash. And so we had to get the glass out of the pool right away. And then we had to wrap his hand and try to stop the bleeding a little bit. And uh, I tossed him in the car. Well, my wife had the other kids to take care of. She couldn't go to the emergency room. One of us had to stay home. One of us had to go. We're not wrapping all the kids up to go um, and to sit in a waiting room. And so I get over to one doctor and they said, no, you're, we don't take your insurance here. And uh, dumb dad, I didn't know what emergency room we could go to. And they sent me over to an urgent care. And I went over to that one and they said, no, we, we don't take it either. And they sent me to a third one, clear down. Uh, I want to say we were clear down in Temecula, uh, the two towns away. And so uh, this is a long time ago. There wasn't much in our town in those days. But uh, anyway, I, we got there and 
And, you know, it it wasn't a big deal to my wife, obviously. She didn't like that he cut his hand open, but we have life to live. We've got, we've got other children to raise, and we've got a house to take care of, and there's things that need done. And uh, the world doesn't come to an end because our son sliced his hand off, not off, but, you know, cut it open. And um, the, the my wife with our kids, they, um, the, we had two girls, a boy, two girls, and another boy. And the girls, um, they hit junior high, high school. There'd be times they get up in the morning, just not feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel like I could go to school. I just feel sick. And um, my wife didn't let them make a big deal about feeling sick. And she'd say, no problem. Get up, get dressed, eat breakfast, get ready for school. And when you're completely ready, if you're still sick, then you can go back to bed. Well, by the time a kid's done all that, they're thinking, well, I just will go to school now. Um, she's, she wasn't going to let our kids make a big deal. Of course, the girls feel bad. Um, they might have... Um, days when they're not feeling feeling good, but that doesn't stop them. Look, when you're a mother of three or four children, you don't just stop the world because you feel bad. Uh, you might, you know, husbands or wives, you got a job and you don't just quit everything because you, you don't feel good that day. You know, the, until just recently, the common American slogan was don't call in sick, but crawl in sick, get to work. You got work to do and don't, don't use any lame excuse to get out of work real people, real men, real God, godly, all-American all ladies and men work. They go to work. They show up on time. They do their job. People are depending on you, and you don't make a big deal about your sickness, and that was just normal. We didn't let, we didn't fall apart and panic, and uh, there's some things that, that may be difficult, but we just got to deal with it. Um, there was a delicate time with our kids, the young adult age, when there was a question of, of, um, my uh, lifestyle, my decisions of how our home was going to be run. And um, we didn't get in a fight with the kids, no raised voices, no anything. I just sat in the living room. And um, with my wife, she backed me. And I just said, well, here's what we're looking at. Either you can be a visitor at this home, Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, and we'll look forward to seeing you. Or this can be your home whenever you want it to be your home. But if it's going to be your home, and if you are going to be a part of our family whenever you're not in college or whatever, uh, you are going to you're going to live our lifestyle. And it wasn't drama, it wasn't raised voices, and no threatening, no screaming, just simple as that. You're not doing that here. And I wasn't mad at the the, the young people, and I I wasn't um, angry at them. But it just we don't make drama. And uh, these just simple things. We're doing this and we're not doing that. We're going here. We're not going there. Um, there are times, obviously, when you, you crumble under the weight of, of things. There have been a couple times in these 40 years when I've sat uh, just uh, emotionally crushed and not knowing what to do. Um, sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it might take weeks to, to, get, that, uh, to get, get everything back in rhythm. But we don't we, we don't uh, we don't make drama out of everything, and and I'm not going to go to the whole world and say I've got this problem, and please pray for me and think about me, and and you don't know how hard I've got, and I need everybody in the country to like my posts and and to follow me on Instagram or something. There's no way uh, this world is too focused on drama, and uh, we're we're too impressed with with wanting to make things big. Look, let's just do our, you know, the biggest thing we can do is do the right thing today. Just do right. And um, you think about the jailed preachers through the book of Acts. 
there in the early uh, Acts chapter 3, 4, in those early chapters, a couple of the apostles were arrested, and they were. They said, we told you not to preach in this name, and here you filled Jerusalem with this doctrine, and, and they threatened them and threatened them, and, and they beat them and let them go. And you know what they did? It says they rejoiced. They were accounted worthy to suffer for Jesus, went to a prayer meeting, and they went back out preaching. It, they did not glorify their hurt or their suffering. They didn't appeal to the Christian world for sympathy. They didn't go to the... the uh, Romans seeking uh, civil justice. They just had things to do. There's too much to do. Um, this world is falling apart because people aren't doing their duty. And I remember um, in, in my life, I remember that when my dad, my natural father, he left when I was fairly young. I don't know, maybe I lose track of time, but maybe 10 years old. But um, um, I remember when he came home one day from work and we could tell there's something wrong. He's limping a little bit. And uh, he came in and sat down and he pulled his pant leg up and you could see his socks were red and he pulled his shoe off and his socks were bloody all the way up. I'm going to say to the ankle. I don't know. It's been a long time ago. There's a lot of blood. And he normally wore steel toed boots, but he had them in the, the cobbler shop getting resold or new heels or whatever. And so he just wore some work shoes, but they weren't steel toed. And that day of all days, a big heavy chunk of iron fell and just crushed his couple of his toes. And um, he finished work in the day. He, it, was, it was not a big deal. I have work to do. And he didn't take his shoe off till he got home that night. And then, you know, I remember my mom and him, whoever they were talking about what to do. And he said, no point in going to the doctor. They don't fix broken toes. All they'll do is bandage them up. So he, they, they cleaned it up and put some, I don't know, a tape or whatever around it. And he went to work the next day. And and the, the very idea of the drama and the panic and the falling apart and, and everybody becoming uh, an emotional basket case, that's just not how we were brought up. And that wasn't a Christian home. My mom and dad were great parents. And my mom and stepdad were great parents. Um, we, we weren't in church, but we had discipline. And then I married my wife, and what a, what a great uh, mother she was to our children. And do your homework. I don't care if it's hard to do your homework. There are things that need to get done. You do your chores. Uh, there are things that need to get done in the yard, in the house, uh, in, at school. And you do what needs to be done. And you don't you don't make a big deal about it. And if th something goes wrong, you don't panic and fall apart. But our our crazy world of drama. But you know, in the in the Bible, God was far more concerned about people doing what they're supposed to do than getting in panic mode. And uh, let's do the work of God. And you read there in Revelation, the, the seven church he writes to, six of the seven, he writes something corrective. Hey, now you've done this. Now strengthen the things that remain and then do these things. Let's go on. And uh, we need to rekindle a, a spirit of let's do what we're supposed to do. And let's go on about our business. And uh, let's don't be king and queen of drama. So anyway, there's my meddling thoughts for the day. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for spending some time together.